0: section one of criminal investigation volume two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by steve criminal investigation a practical handbook for magistrates police officers and lawyers volume two by hans gross translated by john adam and john collier adam part two knowledge special to the investigating officer chapter seven practices of criminals in this chapter we shall deal with some of the smart tricks and dodges employed by rogues and criminals the investigating officer who endeavours to learn and keep count of these will obtain the knowledge of a great number of facts will know in what direction and in what manner he must commence and continue his investigations and will be able more or less to form an idea of the personality of the individual under observation among modern specialists f c h b ave Lamont, in his work das deutsche gunthertum practices of german rogues gives the most accurate information on this subject although somewhat out of date in certain parts his book has furnished us with much valuable information to which has been added our own observations collected from special works from private communications and from personal experience Section i disguising the face criminals have constantly recourse to disguises with what cleverness and persistency they keep on disguising themselves and yet it is not superfluous to urge attention to the matter for indeed there is nothing which malefactors will not try to simulate nothing they will not try to dissimulate frequently the medical man alone can decide whether or not there be dissimulation and it will be the business of the investigating officer to place no faith in pretended infirmities and maladies and to call in regularly the advice of the medical man but here again there are numerous cases where it is impossible to fall back upon the medical man it may be the nature of the affair excludes medical assistance or it may be an important decision must be come to before being able to call in the aid of the physician we may therefore mention some of the disguises which a criminal assumes for the purpose of altering his appearance from the description given in the warrant of arrest as a general rule it may be laid down that a novice commits a crime and afterwards disguises himself while the expert criminal disguises himself before the commission of the offence the former therefore tries to escape in disguise the latter on the contrary in his natural appearance and consequently he finds himself much more favourably situated than the former if the criminal be captured or even placed under observation the disguise is easily detected and the individual is generally quickly convicted of having committed the offence suppose then that a novice at the game commits a piece of roguery he has no beard and wears his hair cut short he is pursued on this description but travels disguised in a red beard and a long-haired wig this disguise will be quickly detected and he will be compelled to dispense with it the expert scoundrel does exactly the opposite when committing the fraud he dons the red beard and the long-haired peruke he is so described in the warrant he is pursued but immediately after the offense he throws away his beard and wig and the most minute search can no longer discover him when a warrant of arrest containing a description of the man wanted is studied a certain point of view must be assumed everything which appears unnatural should be considered as suspicious and unauthentic it matters little whether this unnatural appearance be artificial designed only to disguise the individual or whether it be genuine in both cases the fugitive will get rid of it if he can if for example the warrant says an unkempt black beard either it was false or it has been shaved off after the crime and before the flight if it is said he wears blue spectacles either they have been put on specially for the crime and then removed or the criminal is really in the habit of wearing blue spectacles and has got rid of them during his flight however accustomed he may be to wear them even special signs incorporated so to speak with his person will not be of much value thus the criminal may at the moment of the offence assume a very high-toned or falsetto voice or if the timbre of his voice is naturally high he will pretend often with great difficulty to possess a deep-toned bass voice he will also thus disguise his walk carriage mannerisms costume even his height for instance, a swindler had managed to cash with the banker a number of false coupons most cleverly forged. But the description the banker gave of the man, which was immediately published, was not true in the single particular. The beard, the spectacles, the hair, the dress, the voice, the corpulence, the height, all were false. The strangest part was that the man was described as being below middle height, although he was notably tall. As a matter of fact, on his visit he wore a long greatcoat the banker's desk about the height of an ordinary bank counter was boarded up in the front hence the man could easily cover the short distance between the door and the desk and back again with his knees bent thus in the bank he produced the impression of a short man swindlers also pretend to special characteristics club foot stiffened arm deformed hand and if this be mentioned in the description generally in big black type the inexperienced constable or investigating officer sees only this peculiarity and pays no attention to people who do not walk lame who have no stiff arm or withered hand it is the same with birthmarks warts etc a well-known railway pickpocket at the moment of effecting a big theft made on his cheek a large mole with carpenters glue mixed with grated leather a cashkeeper keeper who had committed serious defalcations had a large natural wart by the side of his eye this wart was specially mentioned in the warrant of arrest but the fugitive had immediately after the offence shaved it clean off and placed spectacles on his nose the small cut made by the operation was horizontal i e from the eye towards the ear and when afterwards a very fine straight reddish scar was produced it looked exactly like the mark caused by the pressure of the arm of the spectacles waddell Lyon, p five twenty three notes that the bruised roots of the Lilchitra, plumbago applied to the skin cause vesication and quotes a case reported in 1898. A false charge of dacoity having been made at Mashhadabad, Bengal, in which the alleged injuries of the complainant were shown by the civil surgeon to have been artificially produced by the application of this irritant. The art of beautifying has in these days attained great perfection. Warts, burns, red stains, scars, freckles, etc., are removed without any difficulty. Even discolorations of the skin can be removed without leaving any roughness, thanks to the process invented by Dr. I. Pashkis of Vienna. The skin covering the portions affected is tattooed with special colours. It remains reddish for two or three days, but at the end of a week assumes a normal tint. We can readily understand that criminals often display a lively interest in these processes of beautification. An infallible method of making faded scars visible was discovered nearly a century ago by Divergy 540. The places on which scars, especially of burns are supposed to have existed, are lightly beaten with the palm of the hand until the spot becomes red the old scar will appear white and of its original shape In all this class of business face massage now plays a great part the changes in physiognomy produced by changes of complexion are well known and whoever is acquainted with the excellent composition of the pigments usually employed will not be surprised at criminals making such frequent use of them it is specially easy to transform a dark rough complexion into one of a delicate rose tint it is more difficult to turn the blonde into a brunette especially when the illusion has to be effective at close quarters a deep rouge tint can however in some cases be remarkably well imitated with the solution of permanganate of potash this colour takes well lasts a long time and resists washing an artificial paleness generally goes along with a sickly appearance the person affecting it walks slowly painfully and doubled up his neck is carefully wrapped up with a shawl and he coughs incessantly women are special adepts at this type of imitation for tattooing c p p one sixty two et skew the criminal is enormously assisted in his task if he comes to know the description given of himself and that is easy enough in important cases it appears in all the newspapers in other cases it is inserted in the police journals and circulars which in their very nature and to attain their object cannot remain hidden in the hands of the authorities but must be brought to the knowledge of dealers in second-hand goods and antiquities pawnbrokers and the like to acquaint them with the nature of the missing articles but among such people the person wanted can too easily learn the contents of the warrant in an extremity he applies to the authority itself either directly or through the intermediary of a comrade who on the pretext of giving information obtains a sight of the warrant for the rest of his friend and his exact description such impudent boldness is more common than one would suppose in no other way can be explained the rapidity with which fugitive criminals obtain such accurate details of the description given of them but whoever should preach prudence in this direction would do more harm than good for we cannot overlook the files of descriptions which must remain valueless if not published as widely as possible besides they pass through the hands of so many people that the individual described has little difficulty in obtaining the desired information the only remedy for this danger and that but a partial one is to prepare the description of the fugitive with much thought and minute care that is to say in a given case we shall ask ourselves which are the details that must be necessarily true, i.e., that cannot be changed, e.g., a stature singularly short, a missing limb, the colour of the eyes, the form of the nose, etc., and which are those that can be changed? From what we have said above, the number of the members of the former class is seen to be small and cannot be too much restricted. In fact, it will be well to deem any characteristic absolutely unchangeable more as an exception than a rule." for all the other special characteristics we must ask in what manner and with what object falsification can take place an approximate result will soon be arrived at and we must stick to the description thus obtained the most difficult task is that of the police officer who with the description furnished to him must search for the criminal throughout the whole town in hotels in passing trains etc without having the time to compare persons one after the other with the description containing characteristics some disguised some real he can succeed only by practice and a natural gift for taking in things at a glance the task of the investigating officer is easier when an individual suspected of being the criminal wanted is brought before him if the description does not agree with the appearance of the man he will in the first place bear in mind that almost the whole may be false he will then make sure that some mistake of observation has not slipped into the description when written down finally he will examine one by one the signs which do not correspond and verify their intrinsic value that is to say we will see whether the divergence noted may or may not be the result of falsification we do not say that a definite decision must be immediately pronounced for no change can be pronounced impossible so long as the specialist has not been consulted the author has often believed that certain transformations were impossible but had been speedily deceived by the medical man the dentist the orthopedist the maker of trusses belts etc the hairdresser and woman expert in the arts of the toilette every experienced surgical belt maker can tell us how to conceal and how artificially to produce e g deviation of the spinal column hunchback deformity of the foot etc every theatrical hairdresser can furnish information on the changes wrought in the visage or as they call it the mask having just indicated how important it is for a policeman to have an accurate and rapid glance of identification we may here call attention to a method introduced by bertillon of anthropometrical fame it is called graphically the portrait parlay or speaking likeness we all know the remarkable descriptions which are found even in these days on passports licenses and police gazettes etc face oval chin round nose medium mouth moderate etc the officer who armed with a description of this kind is sent in search of the criminal may just as well stop at home even the aid rendered by a photograph still sometimes employed in case of need is very much a matter of luck failures amount to more than sixty per cent and for various reasons the defects of the photograph difference in age changes in hair beard corpulence etc to bert alone there belongs the credit of having devised a complete process without the aid of photography founded solely upon the precise and scientific description of a certain number of the features which enables the officer who knows how to employ it to find and identify in the middle of a crowd and that with certainty the individual whose portrait parlay he possesses the system is taught to the police of paris by a teacher employed by m Bert alone. the instruction theoretical and practical lasts for two months twenty men forming a class the theoretical course consists of lectures or classes in which the professor describes in exact and scientific terms the various characteristics of the forehead the nose the ear the lips the mouth the chin etc the walls of the lecture-room are covered with numbered life-size photographs of heads so that when the description is finished the pupils can look around and point out heads containing the characteristics described. Here, for instance, is the description of the nose, quoted from the Recapulary Table of Descriptive Marks as entered in the New Model Descriptive Card, which is a summary of the lectures on the Portrait parlay. The nose. Depth of the root. Small, medium, large. Profile. Concave, rectilinear. Convex, arched, irregular, sinuous. Base. Raised, horizontal, depressed. Height projection size small medium and large particularities the root of the nose may be very narrow or very large high or low the root may be broken the profile may be in the shape of an s it may be flat fine or broad and the nose may be broken it may be curved to right or left the tip may be tapering or thick or by lower or flat twisted to the right or left blotched and pimpled the partition, septum, may be disclosed or hidden. The nostrils may be stiff or mobile, recurved, dilated, pinched up. All the features and the general contour of the head are thus examined and described in succession with perfect precision. The next lesson is on colors. The color of the iris, hair, beard, complexion, then morphological characteristics, first in profile, then full face. As the professor describes a trait, he draws it on the board and asks the students to search for it among the photographs on the walls the eye is quickly trained and after a two months course of five lectures weekly of an hour and a half each the student is able to construct a speaking likeness or to search for a person by the aid of the speaking likeness which he either has written on a card or fixed in his head practical work also helps him from the second month of the course a descriptive card serially numbered and drawn up in conformity with the principles of the portrait parlay is prepared for every person arrested and brought daily to the office for anthropometric measurement these cards are given to the students, and when all the criminals, one or two hundred or even more, are assembled in the great hall, the students are ordered to go amongst them and pick out and bring up the person or persons whose card or cards they possess. In a very few days, the students can pick out their men in two or three minutes. At the end of the second month on leaving the school, they are provided with a formidable and accurate instrument for the recognition of malefactors. End Section 1